Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. live for the return of that sports show i am your host jeremy the impact york this is impact media's weekly dive into the world all the world of sports uh get gosh we talk falcons we talk uh we're gonna talk bulldogs jackets and panthers we're gonna talk atlanta united rugby atl uh, golf. We're going to talk live tour. We're going to talk PGA tour. We got NASCAR. We got F1. This sounds like it's going to be a uh, J.R.R. Tolkien novel uh, with all the stuff we have to get into. That's the Hobbit stuff for all you people who don't read books. Now, we're going to get into all that. But first, shout out to all you amazing people that make it so, so much fun to come on and talk sports each and every week. We are returning Finally, back into uh, one of our similar, sim, this is one of the days we're going to uh, try to have the show out, either Wednesday or Thursday, practically from here on out. We're going to try. All I can say, we're going to try. But either way, uh, if you would like to follow the show on Twitter at Team Impact Media, we'll have all the show links. It only has the show links. That's all that account is for. If you want to follow myself on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, or Triller at the Impact Ninety Nine. Uh, on Facebook, you can search for any of our stuff. That Sports Show, Strong Style, Board Check, Jeremy York, Impact Media, Super Awesomeness. I don't know if I still come up under that, but um, also Three End Zone at Gmail dot com is how you can email the show. However you are getting this show, whether it is through any of the links on social media or it is wherever you get a podcast, that is Spotify. Uh, I think we're on SoundCloud. We, uh, we're definitely on in the iTunes store and uh, places like that. Please leave us a question, comment, suggestion, rating, review. Those help us, and in turn, that helps you because I like keeping this content free. I don't want to charge you for this. I want you to be able to just enjoy this and relax in whatever you are doing. But as I said, we have so much to get into, and I'm going to start with the NFL because the NFL reminds us daily that. They are a 24-7-365 league. There's always something going on. 
And, uh, I mean, just some of the random stuff. We're going to start, let's start with Deshaun Watson. Deshaun, I can hear the booze from the from the other side of the speakers. And I agree. It seems to me that he is a, uh, at least off the field, a, we know on the field, he is a magical, can't look away, must see talent. Has a way of just taking over the field and uh, doing what he's got to do, throw his team on his back. I'll give him that. All the way back to his Clemson days. In fact, I'm pretty sure he went to high school somewhere near Atlanta in this area, I believe. So uh, just electric player on the field. Off the field, seems like a pretty despicable person, in my opinion. And that is my opinion. But here's what I'm basing this on. I'm basing this on the fact that we know at least 33 different women were involved with this. We know the story by now. I'm not going to go through it. Uh, we know that the team had... had uh, hotel rooms to help them with this. We know that the security officer with Texans helped him with NDAs, which are non, what, non-disclosure agreements, something like that. Meaning, uh, whatever seen, heard, or whatever happens, uh, you sign this and you don't say anything about it. Yeah, how'd that work out? Um... And whether he did anything nefarious or immoral, I think is the word I want to use. Because people said, well, there was 24 different cases that he he ultimately had to worry about. Which is true, there was more, but 24 was the, the amount that the opposing lawyer took up. Okay. And a lot of people, or some people, were saying, well, what if some of the plaintiffs, some of these women... Um, are either fabricating fabricating or embellishing the story or just flat out making it up as a cash grab. That possibility is out there. However, I still bring up this. I may have said it on this show before, but I will reiterate it again. If even one is telling the truth, that's bad. If even one, one of these women were made to feel uncomfortable or forced into actions they may not have been okay with. If even one, that's terrible. That's despicable. That's the word that I'm going to use. If even one, I think it's more than one. I don't know the motives of all these women. But I like to think that uh, it's not just about the cash grab. Now, a lot of them have settled. So there is that, but there are four holdouts that are still uh, pursuing civil action against Deshaun Watson. It has now went to a judge that works with the NFL, and it is her duty to determine the punishment to which either side can appeal, either the Player Association or the league can appeal, whatever she says which kind of makes it not matter that much, what she says. As long as she gives out a punishment, they can appeal. That appeal is heard by the ultimate judge, jury, and executioner, 
one, Roger the Good Goodell. I don't necessarily have a problem with that. He runs the league. He's the, the figurehead up front. He is employed by the owners to represent the league and uh, take any kind of uh, public take any kind of uh, public outcry right on the chin, which he's done a couple times. But he is paid by the owners as well. His salary comes from them. That does not mean he always sides with them because he is trying to do the better of the league. And in my opinion, once again, my opinion, this suspension's got to be a year. I don't care about his contract. I don't care about what this does for his league status. I don't care how this impacts the Browns. I really don't. They knew what they were stepping into when they gave him that contract. They do have a, um, uh, a moronic owner. But uh, his, his indiscretions are, are his indiscretions. We'll get to another idiot owner in a minute. But they've, they've got a hand out a year here, at least, given what's happened across other sports. Given, I mean, just think about this. I know you're waiting because you don't want the Ray Rice situation where you punish someone and then realize it's not enough when more evidence comes out. I understand that. But Tom Brady got accused of having someone take air out of a ball, and he got four games. Ben Roethlisberger settled and ended up with, what, two or three games, and his um, altercation happened with, I believe, one or two women. We're talking about more than 30. And here's the part for everybody who thinks, well, you know, I don't think he did his, uh, the bad things that people are saying. The Texans, who we've already said they're part of this, that they helped provide the venue for these massages and uh, what developed out of it, which at some point means they had to know something, especially knowing that the security officers given out NDAs. They recently settled 30-plus cases all at once, all in one fell swoop. The Texans did because a lot of these women decided to come after them too because they enabled these actions to happen, some of these actions to happen. Totally their right. They are totally in their right to do that. The Texans said, you know what? <laughs> We're not going to let this linger out. We're just we're gonna we're just gonna go ahead now. In settling, are you admitting guilt? No, but in a way, you're kind of letting us know that you feel bad about some part of it you played. So, what part in it did you play? Was it just providing the venue? And then once you did know, how come you did not do anything or say anything about this? That uh. Makes you uh, pretty terrible, too. But what's going to happen with Deshaun? We don't know. Should be sometime soon. It will probably be part of a Friday news dump. That very much makes sense to me that um, at, at the end of a Friday afternoon, the uh, punishment's going to be handed out. And they're going to try to bury this. Okay. But as far as what's going to happen... We're just not sure, but we will know soon. Let's move on. Let's let's get to a uh, let's get to uh, let's do a little housekeeping in the NFL bunch, and then there's a couple of other bigger stories I want to talk about. Uh, Jason McCourty is going to retire after 13 seasons. Uh, he is uh, Jason and forgot the other McCourty twin, but they have had standout careers. 
They are some of the best defensive backs uh, of this past generation for sure. And a lot of these guys, they, they don't want to play 15, 20 years anymore. They want to be able to have a life after football. And uh, I think Jason McCourty is, is to that point. While you can still walk away, he is going to walk away. But a fantastic career. Um, always seem to do it the right way. You never heard anything bad about the McCourty twins. Uh, I think his brother's still going to play another year or so, but uh, good for Jason McCourty. Richie Incognito also has officially retired. I believe he played, he played 12 or 13 seasons as well, somewhere in there, and he recently played with the – he played in Vegas, so the Vegas Raiders. Obviously, we know about the Jonathan Martin, Richie Incognito stuff in Miami, the bullying. Uh, he was able to skirt past that, kind of exercise some of his, uh, kind of work out some of his own issues, and uh, he, he was a solid player. Like I said, I don't, I don't condone at all some of the tactics maybe he was doing, but at least on the field, he did his job and he was well respected. And uh, you know, it is what it is. So good for Richie. He had a pretty good career, like I said, and uh, good for him as he retires and moves on to life after football. Uh, kind of three other stories, but I'm not going to dwell on them a lot. Jimmy Garoppolo has been reminded by the 49ers that he can seek a trade, which is their way of saying, we're, we're already trying. If you want to pursue another avenue, maybe you can get a deal done because we're more than likely not going to pay you the full salary now that you're getting back to healthy. He's been thrown for a couple of weeks, I'm pretty sure. Where could Jimmy G go? Well, a lot of dance partners have already happened. Uh, throw Cleveland out because they signed Josh Rosen to a one-year deal earlier today to probably back up. Gosh, who is their – forgot who their quarterback is. He's their backup who is about to be their starter because Deshaun is probably not going to play for a little while. But uh, So where could Jimmy G go? Because a lot of – there's a lot of – there's a lot of people that have dance partners already. I, I think you got to keep Seattle Seattle out. Where could he potentially go? Um, the Houston Texans would be one that comes to mind. He would he could compete there. One that was kind of thrown out that's interesting. The New York Giants. I would actually counter that with saying why not the New York Jets, but they've kind of invested in uh, in Zach there. Uh, there's, you know, there's, there's a couple teams that, that he would, uh, he would, he would definitely be competing. Um, I think that, I think the Giants or the, or the Texans are just the teams that should consider it. And if they don't want to, then, well, the 49ers are going to be stuck with him. And what are they going to do from there? Don't know. Because they either have to hold on to him at that point, which is not going to help them at all. Or they can release him. I don't think he has any guaranteed money on his contract left. It was only injury guaranteed. Yet he has uh, he's, uh, he's not injured anymore. So what's going to happen with Jimmy G? I, I do think he's got plenty left. I do think he'll be able to... Uh, do think he'll be able to
he still ha- he still is going to be able to compete. He's still going to be able to do things in this league. He, he's, he can still play. I want to see how that shoulder is, but until then, just don't know. Um, Baker Mayfield got traded to the Carolina Panthers, which is why Cleveland had to sign Josh Rosen. This is all related. It's crazy how much Browns content there is today. Uh, Baker got traded to Carolina. He is going to, he's basically going to be the starter, but he does have to compete with Sam Darnold, which means Sam can't beat him out. I don't see that happening. Sam should just do his best and hang on and uh, try to make the most of it and probably be just a solid backup. It's it's a good place. Ask Chase Daniels, who has made a career out of it. And um, I like the move. Baker needed a place that would not only humble him, but allow him a place to grow and showcase his skills. And uh, Carolina's probably that place. David Tepper is a good owner. Well, he's the owner with a lot of money. He probably has the most money in the league. And he wants to win. So, we'll see what happens. Because I think Matt Rule's going to go back to college after this year. Um, Because I don't think he's going to do well. And David Tepper is not going to want to just keep being in this weird gray area. So um, he needs Baker to perform, but I don't know that that team is built enough to compete even in their division for uh, a title. So is what it is. And then lastly, the last, uh, is that the last? Yeah. The last thing about football that I want to get into real quick is Dan Snyder. Gosh, he makes Jimmy Haslam look like a, uh, an adult in the room. Uh, he is, for, for all the investigations that Congress is currently doing into the Washington Commanders, the, the title of the team at the current moment, it's been three different things in the past two years. There's a lot of workplace violations, um, misconduct, and various reports, and Congress has been looking into it. They want to talk to Dan Snyder about it. They want to subpoena him to come to court and talk to them about it. The problem is, is for the last month, he has been in international waters over in the Mediterranean on his boat. means they can't serve him the subpoena to come talk to them. And at some point, he can just wait this out. If this goes too close to election time, which is not that much further away, uh, Congress will be out of session, and they would not be back in session until January 1st. And I very much know and believe that the new Congress... The new session of Congress is not going to talk about stuff that the old one was working on. So he can kind of wait this out if he wants to. Now, a lot of people would say, well, why wouldn't you just serve it to his lawyer or his attorney, his representation, who can accept it on his behalf? They they could do that. His his, uh, representation has already said, I'm not accepting. I'm not accepting it on his behalf. I refuse to do so. So the last I have heard is that um, they're trying to get him just to come talk to him or to talk to them. Uh, if they do it with a subpoena, then he is required to uh, answer their questions. 
if he volunteers to come in on his own, then he can actually just say, I don't want to talk about that, or I'm not answering that, and they can't do a lot about that, which is why he should just bite the bullet and volunteer. Because clearly, there's something he doesn't want to talk about. But, and he wants to hold on to this team, because here's the thing. It's not just because he is a uh, big-time billionaire and wants to own an NFL team. He wants to pass this to his kids. And in order to do that, he has to continue to be the owner. Because I, uh, I think they're old enough where they could take it over, but doesn't want to quite let go of it yet. So instead, we're in this weird limbo, once again, where Dan Snyder can just keep skirting his issues and stay out of range of everybody else. And uh, for some reason, the NFL, who could step in and make this a lot easier, they seem to be afraid of it. And I think what they are afraid of, and when I say the NFL, I'm going to mainly say Goodell and the owners. And it's mostly the owners who Goodell is acting in behalf of. Here's what it is. First of all, other owners, they're seeing how the, the things with Stephen Ross and the things with... Uh, the, uh, the other things like that, they don't want these owners to suddenly... to suddenly find ways to get rid of each other. To go, oh, we don't like this guy here, so we are going to do this. And uh, we're going to get this guy out. They don't want to, they because they say, well, if we get this guy out, then uh, how easy would it be for them to come after me? Kind of a politician thing. If a politician gets uh, unceremoniously removed from office by his peers through investigations and other underhanded things he may have done that caught up to him, well, it wants to say that they couldn't do similar investigations to the rest of them. Makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? And also, this is part of also what I think they are afraid of, is that if Daniel Snyder gets unceremoniously removed from being the owner of the Washington Commanders and gets unceremoniously kicked out of the uh, the uh, the boys group, basically the boys club, the millionaires club, billionaires club. What's to stop him from causing a wake of fire behind him, setting the bridge on fire? And what I mean by that is if you unceremoniously remove him, what's to say he's not going to go, oh, okay, well, since I've got nothing to lose at this point, here's something about this owner. Here's something about this owner. You should look into this owner for this. You should look into this owner for this. In fact, you should investigate the league because of these things here. You should investigate. Uh, maybe the uh, people at the top of the league because of these things. What's to say he won't just start spilling information everywhere, whether it be true, false, or indifferent, and cause a bigger fuss than the NFL really wants to deal with? And that is what ultimately I think will keep Dan Snyder around. He may have some sanctions on him, but ultimately, ultimately I am pretty sure that they just do not want him to spill the beans on other people. So they are going to try to reach some sort of agreement, some sort of, all right, you take some little penalty and uh, and you stop doing these things and we will go from there. But we'll see what happens. Uh, just, just it's a mess. It's a mess. And, and the Stephen Ross investigation, as far as him offering, a, what was it, $100,000 a loss to 
the former coach in Miami is is uh, it's kind of kicked back up too. And the problem with that is there's a lot of other angles to it. And once again, if you find a way to get rid of Stephen Ross, what's to say you won't start spilling the beans on other people? Very political. Not sure if you guys knew that. Very corporate. Very political. There's the NFL, and there's everything going on right now. Training camp's about to kick off, so there's the positive parts of that. So, moving on. Uh, let's just hit baseball real quick. I am not one who normally watches the Home Run Derby or, or all of it. I am not one who usually tunes into the All-Star Game. This year, I watched both. Here's my takeaways. The Home Run Derby was exactly what the league needed. It got to showcase their young talent. It got to give praise because, I mean, Miggy was there. He didn't participate. But Albert Pujols making it out of the first round, that was a fantastic moment. It was just what they needed. They need to showcase these new younger talent, the new generation, while still paying homage to the uh, the generation that, that is toward the end of their careers. Uh, there was a lot of home runs hit, and uh, we finally got to discover Julio Rodriguez. Because I'll be honest, he plays in Seattle. That is the polar opposite in the nation from where we in Atlanta are. We don't play the Mariners very often. Not sure they play them this year at all. They may. But we don't get to see a lot of Mariners games. I don't tune into a lot of Mariners games. So now I know who Julio Rodriguez is. And now you guys know who he is. Now we know that Ron, uh, that Juan Soto is not only the home run champ, but his price tag is going to be pretty dang steep. And he is going to be somewhere in the next couple of weeks. That is going to happen. Uh, rumors everywhere that there are multiple teams already reaching out for it, but that is a different story. We will get into another time. Home run derby, I really liked it. Some people say, well, without Berman, uh, Carl Ravitch and the crew just weren't very exciting. I thought they were. I thought they had some good calls. They put their own spin on it. Uh, I very much liked having Big Poppy walking around and Alex Rodriguez and all the other. I mean, I thought it was exactly Frank Thomas. I think it's a good booth. I think they all add something to the game, especially those three guys talking about home runs. And Carl Ravitch has seen every kind of home run you can. I thought it was fantastic. Let's move to the All-Star game. Obviously, the American League defeats the National League 3-2. to two. All the runs were scored very, very early. I believe the National League scored both their runs off some very timely hitting in the first inning. And I believe it was the third inning when... Uh, John Carlos Stanton hit a two-run home run into the left field bleachers where he used to sit and watch Dodger games with his dad. Very cool moment. And Byron Buxton, right behind him, made it back-to-back and made it 3-2, to two, and that was ultimately what it was. Now, there was excitement as far as that. There were some hits here and there and uh, some very scary innings for some people. But overall, here is the best takeaways to me. When they mic'd up the players from various places all over the ballpark, this was gold. Now, you can't do this during normal regular season stuff for a lot of reasons. But, hey, it was nice seeing, uh, was it Garrett Cole of the Yankees and Max Fried in opposing dugouts, uh, breaking down what the pitchers were doing and what they would look at in these situations and just having fun with it. It was also great when they had 
they mic'd up one of the pitchers while he was pitching, and uh, he's t- he's talking to Smoltz in the in the booth, and he says, "Smoltzy, uh, what do I want to throw here?" And Smoltz says, he, uh, "Like backdoor, backdoor cutter, try to try to catch it on the back corner, something like that." Instead, he hits one of the best guys in the foot, but it is what it is. Um, you had a, a pitcher catcher combo who were mic'd up where they could hear each other, where they didn't need an arm pad. And they didn't even make signals. They could. The pitcher told the catcher what he wanted to throw, and that's what they were throwing. I think they were both Yankee players that did that. Uh, they mic'd up hitters while they were hitting. Hey, what are you thinking here? What are you looking for here? What are you? You know these kinds of things. They mic'd up John Carlos Stanton and Aaron Judge in the outfield, and I thought that was fantastic. Now, granted, you guys know I'm a Mets fan. I'm a Yankees fan as well uh, because of my mom. Uh, she got me into them early on. But um, it was fun watching those two younger stars of this game because they asked them questions I've always thought of. These two play the outfield together all the time. And they said, hey, when you guys are in the outfield, you guys uh, are you guys communicating, you guys talking, what do you guys do? And, and the first words out of, I think, Aaron Judge's mouth was, oh, we play charades. Uh, we, uh, we do uh, games. We do other stuff there. And, and uh, I, I, that fascinates me. I've always wondered during the downtime, of a baseball game, you know, if, if you're, especially in the outfield, if the ball's not hit to you, what are you doing out there? Is it to try to stay loose, try to stay going? You know, are you, I know a lot of them talk to the fans and do things like that. And it's just fascinating to hear that these two are playing charades and, and other games out, out in the field. So overall, I, I thought for lack of a better way to put it, plus I like to make the, make fun little puns. You guys know that. I thought between the home run derby and the all-star game, baseball hit a home run. Baseball is is trying to get the younger generation more interactive and into the game, and they are trying to showcase their young talent. I felt like they did that, and and the technology of talking to players, they've got to do that more. Now, normally, that means that they're going to need to do it while they're in the dugout, but I, I think this very much was exactly what baseball needed. And I enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, let's let's talk a little college, right? Let's, uh, or better yet, before we talk some college football, let's hear from our friends at betonline.net. This is Jeremy the Impact York from Board Check, That Sports Show, and Strong Style. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we're back. Make sure to go check out our friends at BetOnline.net. They've got some great great uh not only odds and in places that you can wager on sporting events 
You can also find podcasts. You can also find uh, great news stories. A good way to keep up with a lot of sports. They have a lot of cool insiders. Uh, definitely, uh, definitely go check out betonline.net. Now, let's get into some college football. Now, we know about the big realignment, right? The big conference realignment, where it seems like everybody is either going to the SEC or to the Big Ten, which is basically the two biggest already anyway, right? By everybody. Uh, we know that Texas and Oklahoma are going to go to the SEC. And we know that um, USC and UCLA are going to the Big Ten. Okay. We know that Notre Dame is up in the air. And let me, let me, let me jump in right there. Everybody says, oh, Notre Dame should just jump in with the ACC, and then the ACC can jump in and do this other stuff. Not quite. The ACC, years ago, in order to help build up and promote the Atlantic Atlantic Coast Conference, is that Coastal Conference? Whatever the ACC stands for. In order to promote unity, promote building up from within, they signed a giant TV deal. Not in numbers, but in length. They signed like a 15-year deal or something like that. This still has 8, 10, 12 years left on it. And it's really binding. It's really, really hard to get out. I'm not saying it's impossible, but if you are Clemson, if you are FSU, if you are Miami, if you are, what was the other team? Virginia Tech. Heck, if you're Georgia Tech. It is going to be more than some legal hoops and a check to get out of this agreement. So if you're Notre Dame, why would you want to sign into an existing existing agreement where you're going to be bound to that and you cannot go anywhere, you cannot negotiate uh, some of the viewing rights? Remember, them and NBC, Notre Dame and NBC have a exclusive partnership where like all the home games are shown on NBC. It is a fantastic deal. It's one of the best deals in college. Why would you give that up? to probably get slightly less money and be stuck for the next decade. Now, that's not doom and gloom for the ACC. There is there is some things. Uh, it, it helps that more than likely that means nobody can move out of it, even though nobody can move in. The ACC is going to be okay. The Big 12 is going to be okay. The Pac-12 is going to be okay. Whether they all join up somewhere down the road, that is, that is part of the way the ACC can remedy that, is they can um, combine deals with the other two. Um, at some point, we're going to get mega conferences. Remember, I said probably last time we did this show, which is a while back, that if you want to see what this conference realignment is going to look like, look no further than what the Live Tour is doing with the PGA, which we will talk about in a minute. Well, I thought it would be a couple years down the road. Instead, it has happened this summer. The SEC and Texas and Oklahoma, I believe they do that next year. And when they do that, they will probably realign the conferences as well. I would imagine Texas and Oklahoma will be in the West. They will probably take Alabama and maybe Auburn and put them in the East, which just really jumbles up both of them. That, that could be crazy. Uh, USC and UCLA being the Big Ten is going to be good for them. It's not going to help the Big Ten initially. It will eventually because these are big brands and uh, the Big Ten does not have a big West Coast presence. It will. It is rumored that people like Oregon and Washington could eventually drop from the Pac, uh, the Pac-12, and join 
the Big Ten as well. I could see that as some of the last moving pieces. Um, and the, the teams I mentioned from the ACC, if they find a way out, if Clemson, Miami, FSU, and or Virginia Tech find a way out of the ACC agreement, um, they apparently want to join the SEC. Now, the problem with that is that really, really smashes the ACC to where they would probably need to join something. I mean, not to be outdone the way the Sun Belt has built up. A lot of people thought that Georgia State, who we cover here on the show as well, that they should drop from the Sun Belt and join these big conferences. No. Instead, you see, it is Southern Miss, it is Old Dominion, it is James Madison, and it is Marshall who have all joined as of this year. They're all on the schedule this year into the Sun Belt, which is just making that conference incredible. In the long run, this is showing that the NCAA didn't fix their problems. They let it get a little too bad. You got to think of it like a, a little cavity. You go to the dentist, or even before you go to the dentist, maybe you go, you know what? I think something's going on with this tooth. I get it. We've all had that. And maybe you, you just, hey, you know what? It's not too bad yet. Ah, it's not too bad yet. It's not too bad yet. You wake up one day going, oh, my goodness, this is terrible. Just let it get too bad. That's what the NCAA did. They could have fixed this a while back, and they just decided, no, we're, we're good. Everything's still on top. Why fix it if it's not broke? Problem was, it was broke. The NIL helped expose this. The NIL also helped encourage entrepreneurism. entrepreneurism? Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Uh, capitalism. It's, hey, instead of just a couple of people making the money, everybody can make money. So let's all make money. What is this ultimately going to mean? I think we're going to end up with three conferences, three major conferences, and you're going to get the uh, the next five or whatever they're called. But you're going to basically get the SEC, whether it stays called that or not. You're going to get the Big Ten, which is pretty much going to be that too. And you're going to pretty much get uh, a conglomerate of the ACC, the Pac-12, and the Big 12. I don't have a problem with that. Nation-to-nation conferences, that's fine. We get more travel. We get uh, crazier matchups. Because you got to think. With, what was it, Lincoln Riley, I believe, that went to USC. He's now the coach. Quarterback followed him. Seeing Lincoln Riley coach USC against Wisconsin is going to be spectacular. Getting to see Texas take on, I don't know, South Carolina, epic. Getting to see Clemson face, gosh, who, um, Utah, Utah build up a lot. But Clemson, if they don't move, Clemson, Oregon, Clemson, Washington, um, Oregon State, Virginia Tech, it's, it's going to be unreal. Yeah, absolutely unreal. It's going to benefit us the most, but it's, well, as fans, as far as the entertainment value, it's going to benefit a lot of other people. A lot of people are going to make a lot of money on this. It's not a bad thing. They need to clean it up a little bit, just like they do with NIL. There needs to be regulation. can't just be the wild, wild west. You can just go shoot your gun anywhere you want. We don't need horse thieves. We need some regulation. Not a lot, just some. 
keep everything kind of on the rails. We don't want the runaway train. It could happen. But other than that, I like it. I like the, the realignment. I've talked to some of you about it. You guys like it too? Um, then yeah, like I said, coming up this fall, we're going to be digging. You're going to get your same Georgia State coverage. Uh, we're going to do things a little differently. Uh, we're going to talk some tech. We're going to talk some UGA. Those things are going to happen. Speaking of which, uh, ACC days, I believe, are happening as we speak. SEC media days just happened. Let's talk about the SEC media days. Um, was it Bob Stoops made some fun? Or Mark Stoops? Uh, Stoops. Uh, Coach Stoops. He made some interesting comments. Uh, Jimbo Fisher made a couple. Nick Saban did. Apparently their beef is over. I don't think they really had a beef. I just think uh, they, they said things that were taken out of context and it angered the other the other uh, Kirby said some things. Congratulations to Kirby on his uh, extension. Kirby Smart gets a 10-year, $112.5 million extension to stay the head coach of the UGA Bulldogs. Uh, don't know how much of that is guaranteed. I'm sure at least half, if not two-thirds of it, which means if they fire him, they owe him at least the rest of the guaranteed money. That means they want to keep him around. Pretty good idea. Uh, UGA in general from the media days, let, let me just throw this out here. Was I a Stetson Bennett fan at the beginning? No. I was actually hoping they went with him as quarterback because I thought he was the lesser of Helm and JT Daniels and a couple of the other guys they had, and I thought it gave me the best shot to win a annual gentleman's agreement that I have with a good friend of mine about how many games they uh, lose or win in a season. Then I saw his kid play. It's a lot like Derek Carr. Derek Carr, skill-wise, for the Raiders, is probably a top 15 quarterback. He's, he's probably in that 10 to 15 range as far as skill, overall skill. He's talented, but overall skill. Is he, is he as talented as as, um, as other people? Um, no, he's about middle of the pack. But leadership-wise and being able to be smart when he needs to be on the field, Derek Carr is probably a top-five quarterback. He has the Raiders ready to run through a wall every week for him. Every week. He's going to be a great coach. But everybody on that team loves Derek Carr. It's part of the reason that Gruden wanted to come back and coach, because he likes Derek Carr. Well, Stetson Bennett is that guy. Is he the most talented quarterback in college? No. Is he in the top ten? Probably not. Is he exactly what that team needed and a, and a good chunk of the reason why they won the championship last year? I say so. I say absolutely so. So the fact that you a lot of people are surprised, and I read it, non-UGA fans when I say a lot of people, non-UGA fans and some UGA fans are surprised that he is the uh, almost the incumbent automatic starter. Why wouldn't he be? He's the defending national champion quarterback. He's the defending national champion quarterback. I will say that a second time. To me, you to be the man, you got to beat the man, and right now he is the man. So until he gets beat out in practice or wherever, or in a game situation even, steps into quarterback and enjoy another epic run that UGA could have. Um, let's. Let's talk golf real quick, right? 
Let's talk golf. We know the Live Tour with the uh, Saudi Arabian money. And uh, they're just they're throwing a lot of money to create this. this Basically, it turned into a rival golf association to rival the PGA. They have gotten every a ton of, not everybody, they've got a ton of big-time people to jump ship and come over there. Bryson DeChambeau, Cam uh, Smith that just won the Open over in Scotland. Um, you know, Phil's over there. You got Greg Norman, the shark, uh, kind of heading everything up. I don't have a I don't have that much of a problem with what they're doing. Do I agree with some of their ethics? Probably, absolutely. Not even a probably, absolutely. Um, but I can't fault these guys for bettering themselves. Is it in detrimental to the PGA? Sure, and to the prestige of it, sure. But the PGA is kind of in a similar boat to what the NCAA is. PGA has been a uh, fractured system for a long time, and the PGA just keeps cruising along. So now that uh, uh, something competition pops up out of the blue, that's why it's such a smashing blow to them. Not just who's going. I mean, now they got David Faraday over there. Charles Barkley said for for like two hundred million, he he'd stop everything he's doing and go over there and commentate. Um, these people. You're going to get your traditionalists. You're going to get your Rory's, your Tigers that are like the PGA is prestigious and and uh, this is the classic thing. And, and I agree. And this is also creating more opportunities because you either go to the Live Tour and play on their, what, 45-man three-day tournaments or you stay in the PGA and uh, you play two days, make the cut, play two more days, which is fine. You have to play a lot of events. It's based on points. But see, every, for every person that jumps to the Live Tour, once again, live is because LIV is. I'm not sure do this right. LIV is. I think if you do that right, that is 54, if I'm correct. 54, which is the. In Roman numerals, which is the number of people in each tournament, or the number of holes they play. I think they play 54 holes. Isn't that right? 18, 36. Yeah, they play 54 holes each tournament. Three 18-hole rounds. That's why it's called the Live Tour. I believe that for every person that that jumps ship over there, that opens up a slot in the PGA that the next guy who would have been on the outside looking in is now playing professional golf on the PGA circuit. So I actually like it. Um, it's a little weird watching it. They're going to eventually get a TV deal, by the way. Not sure how far out that is, but you can go to YouTube and watch it live. Um, so the PGA needs to, to scramble before they are the next NCAA and, and kind of fix their, their fractured system. I think they do have the pieces in place to do that. And I actually think they should work not together, but in conjunction with the LIV tour so that they both prosper. I, because if they don't, they're going to get left in the dark and that's going to be their own fault. That's going to be, you know, on them. 
but that's kind of my uh, piece on that for now. Each week, I'll, I'll try to talk a little bit about the Live Tour and the PGA Tour, the winners, uh, kind of what I thought of the tournaments, things like that. We'll, we'll get into that when we can. Um, let's talk some Atlanta United. Well, no, let's do Rugby ATL. Let's uh, the, talk about the MLR. Obviously, I uh, did not do a season wrap-up with uh, Chris Wyatt. Uh, he had some other things going. I had some other things going. I said we won't do it somewhere down the road. But I did want to say shout-out to Rugby New York for their amazing dominating win over Seattle for the Shield. They won the MLR Shield. They absolutely deserved it. Uh, Chance Wingluski and Dylan Fawcett, who I interviewed for for uh, some things I did, uh, led their team to just an incredible win. And uh, congratulations to them. And also Chance and Dylan are, are part of the USA Eagles team, along with uh, Jason Dam, who plays uh, with, with our Rugby ATL squad. So congratulations to them. They are doing some amazing things. And uh, we'll be talking more rugby later in the year as they start to sign guys. Um, we're, we're working on maybe trying to get a couple of them to stop by and say hello. Atlanta United, in the month of July, they have started to kind of turn a corner a little bit. Now, there there was the closed-door player meeting that happened uh, in the middle of this, and it did kind of yield a result. But before that, early in the month of July, they had the 2-2 draw with NYCFC. They looked very good in that. They looked very team-like. Before their individual moments, you're starting to play more as a team. You're starting to see not only a dominant, recurring lineup, you're starting to see the chemistry between them. Then, in a game I attended, they lose 3-0 to Austin FC. Austin FC is a very explosive, high-powered, offensive team. They're one of the top-scoring teams in the league. But I was at that game, and... uh, I probably could have scored on Atlanta, and I'm not good at all. They, they just look disorganized. They they couldn't really put – it seemed like, uh, for lack of a better way to say it, a childhood thing that, that we heard a lot or that I heard a lot as a kid, just they could not put one foot in front of the other, just could not stack up good moments. That's why you lose 3-0. So they have that meeting, and they come out of that meeting, and they pick up the victory over Real Salt Lake 2-1. to one. Great performance. One thing that has happened in these last couple games is Joseph Martinez has not started. He was the most vocal in the media calling everybody out. A lot of people think him not starting is because some sort of punishment by uh, uh, Pineda. I don't think that's the case. I think it's because Joseph's knee still has a couple of hiccups here and there. I think it is not up to 100%. And he actually gives a jolt of energy that that starts with the crowd and works into the team every time he hits the pitch. So when he hits in the second half, there's that bolt of energy, that, that boost of energy that, um, that uh, really pushes them. And plus, Ronaldo Cisneros 
looks pretty good in the system. He creates chances that um, that others don't. And so, you know, they were able to, to build on that. They were able to scrap and get a, uh, a draw versus 1-1 one, one draw with Orlando, even though I could suggest that um, Orlando, even though they were their away team, got a lot of home field calls. It is what it is. I can criticize the refs because I can't get in trouble for it. Uh, but it, it seemed to kind of enter, uh, kind of work itself out. And uh, how about Juan Jose Parada? And scores his second career goal ever, and it happens to be the one to uh, the, to cause the one-one draw. Thought that was fantastic. Uh, they've only got a couple more games left in this month. They've got one this Sunday versus the LA Galaxy. That is a 9.30 p.m. start because it is over in LA. That will be a big test to see where this team is. And then we'll talk about it more next week. But next Saturday, they will play at 5 p.m. in Chicago. So that should be fun. They currently sit towards the, the very tail end of the playoffs. In the East, they are currently in 11th. With 24 points, they need to get into 7th, which is only 3 points ahead of them. There are 1, 2, 3, 4 teams ahead of them to get into 7th that are within 3 points of them, which is just a win. So a couple solid back-to-back wins, maybe 3 out of 4. Three out of five, something like that, will uh, will definitely help them out. But uh, I, I feel good about United. I feel good about the things I said. You're starting to get consistent lineups. You're starting to get the chemistry built in there. You're uh, you're starting to see some really, really uh, good things. Let's go to some things we don't normally talk about on this show, but we are going to talk about them because uh, they're fun. Let's start with F1. Formula One, they are is it this weekend. It is this weekend. They are at Lenovo French Grand Prix. The defending champ is Max Verstappen. He uh, he's pretty good, guys. I don't know if you guys know that. He actually leads the standings right now. Verstappen does uh, with 208 points. You got Leclerc with 107 or 170 behind him. He has 170 total. He's, he's that far behind him. Uh, at 151, you get Perez. Uh, Sainz has 133. You got George Russell at 128. Lewis Hamilton at 109. And uh, it kind of goes on down through there. Those are your top six. So let's see... Not gonna let me. No, it's not gonna let me do that. Okay. Well, that is Sunday at 9 a.m. on ESPN. By the way, the Lenovo French Grand Prix. And the way F1 is a little different is they're kind of paired up in teams. So you get 20 racers each week, and the top 20 are racers that are going, and it's pretty much two representatives from 10 different teams. And it is, it is the two 
it's not like NASCAR where you can have three or four in this one, you can have one in that one, you have two in that. There's two in each one. Uh, you know, you get Mercedes, which is George Russell and Lewis Hamilton. You get uh, Ferrari, which is the clerk and uh, Perez, I believe. You get Red Bull, who is obviously Verstappen and uh, Signs, I believe. And the other ones are doing good, like the Stuart Haas team. Like, they started out, it, it's like they couldn't, in order to get points, you have to finish in the top 10. And this is like video game racing to me because it is in like the streets of London and Paris and, uh, you know, Chicago, which is something NASCAR is going to start doing next year. Racing the streets of Chicago, first ever. But uh, you get a couple pit stops, you, you really have to time them out right. There are horrific wrecks when they happen, which is just awful, but they, they tend to avoid those a lot. Lewis Hamilton used to dominate a lot, It looks, but a lot of times, crazy things happen. Either there's a, a little bit of a ding-up wreck that, that causes one of the top people to shift one way or the other. We've had engines blow up, and by blow up, they don't, you know, not like throwing your Legos down the stairs. Now, you, you very much get, you get a lot of smoke, sometimes you get a little bit of fire, and uh, then you're out of the race. That's the way that goes. But it is just great wheel-to-wheel -wheel racing. I, I love the momentum that they carry. They're, they're able to uh, just wheel-to-wheel -wheel racing and just, you know, you find the guy in front of you, you catch up, you, you kind of dial them in, you find ways around. It's, it's really, really good racing. Um, once again, Little Novo is 9 o'clock on Sunday. I'm going to get more into it in the passing weeks. So I just wanted to mention it uh, this time around. Uh, NASCAR, of course, is at Pocono, which is a fun little racetrack out in Pennsylvania. Your defending champion is Alex Bowman in that one. The fun thing about NASCAR this year is not only is the racing on track fantastic, but even if you're not into it, a lot of people are like, well, it's hard for me to watch NASCAR. You have to watch for the altercations, whether it be pre- or post-race interviews or whether it be on track where just sometimes people just absolutely – just get after people. Like this week, Austin Dillon, during a caution, decided that he didn't like the way Brad Keselowski has been racing him recently, and he just kind of smashes into the side of him during a caution line. To which Brad Keselowski responds immediately and pretty much gets back into the side of Austin Dillon and pushes him into uh, basically where he just goes straight into to pit road. Uh, one of those, not really no harm, no foul things. Uh, you don't always want on-track incidents, but this year we have seen Ross Chastain be a little too hyper-aggressive, and so it has uh, angered people like Denny Hamlin. We have seen Ross Chastain anger Chase Elliott, Kevin Harvick. We, there's just been, it's, it's not always the same people. Each week, you have no idea what is going to play out and what kind of storylines are going. It's It's just... Fantastic. So, uh, I mean, right now, Chase Elliott leads. Uh, Ross Chastain is actually the second best driver. They got, yeah, here's the playoffs. All right, here's the crazy thing, too, is normally if you win a race, you practically make the playoffs 
in order to run that, to which there are six, the top 16, I think, make the playoffs, right? 18, something like that. And then each week you eliminate so many for the last four races until in, in the last race, the top four drivers are, and there's still other bonuses if you're not qualified for this, million-dollar bonuses and such. Uh, so you're still racing for stuff besides wins and, and prestige. But if you win a race, you're practically in the playoffs, except for this year where practically every there's been like 14 or 15 different winners this year. People like Chase Elliott's won a couple times. Uh, Kyle Larson's won a couple times. Uh, a couple people have won multiple times. But here, here are all the people who uh, would currently be in the playoffs. Apparently, it's the top 18. You would get... Am I right? Is that... Not... One in particular I'm not seeing, and I'm curious as to why I'm not seeing him. Okay. I'll have to figure that out later. But uh, right now, people that are, are currently with wins and in the playoffs, as of right now, Chase Elliott, Ross Chastain, Ryan Blaney, Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch, Joey Logano, uh, Christopher Bell. There he is. Kevin Harvick. Why is Harvick in here? Thought he hadn't. Okay. William Byron, Alex Bowman, Almarola, Cindric. That's Eric Almarola. That's um, Austin Cindric. Kurt Busch, Daniel Suarez, Tyler Reddick, Chase Briscoe, and uh, I think Eric Jones is in there. Now, that, that doesn't make sense. And here's why that doesn't make sense is because um, it's got Denny Hamlin in 19th. Denny won a race. Do I? Maybe I have that graphic of people who have won races. I know Christopher Bell was the one who recently won a race. He won last week for Joe Gibbs Racing. It is. It was very cool because he is their third driver. Not sure what Kyle Busch is going to do next year. It will be entertaining to see that. Entertaining in the least, but do I have that graphic still? No. Like I said, we've had 14 or 15 winners, and uh, it's just been a fun season. Like I said, if nothing else, tune in for the drama on and off the, the field. They're in Pocono. Gosh, if I had to pick somebody to win Pocono right now, I would normally pick either Kyle Larson or Kyle Busch on any track because they can practically drive anything. Um, the way everything has played out this year, it has just been so many just almost random winners, people dominating every time. I actually think Martin Truex Jr. is due for a giant performance. Um, I'm going to say Truex. But even Bubba Wallace, he suddenly has like woken up recently into being a pretty good racer. I think maybe somebody got in his ear about uh, you need to do better. But uh, I very much enjoyed Bubba's racing. He, he has done a really, really good job and really evolved this year. And uh, he's, he's a good watch. You definitely should um, uh, just, you know, not necessarily that you don't have to follow him per se. But uh, go, go pick your favorite driver. There's, there's so many great ones out there. Go pick one or just watch for the, the uh, racing. 
it's it's outstanding. I said I don't know why. It's just weird that they they did them that way. But anyway, they're in Pocono. That race is Sunday afternoon, I believe. Let's find out. We just lost the screen. Producer Sassy working on that to get that back up. Produce, appreciate her work, as always. Waiting on it to come up. Waiting on it to come up. Here we go. Pocono is Sunday at 3 p.m. on the USA Network. I've actually enjoyed it being on USA Network. The only complaint I have is that when it goes to green flag commercials, but, you know, Fox did that too. They do the side-by-side. USA does it a little bit. Um, beyond that, beyond that, uh, NASCAR has been fun. I've watched every race. It, uh, my mom watches all the races as well. Uh, and it seems like everywhere I go, there are more and more NASCAR fans. NASCAR is doing a great job of keeping people involved. They're, they're, they're in the same problem as, as running the same issue as Major League Baseball. If you don't get the younger fans and the younger generation engaged, your sport is going to have problems going forward. So both of those have invested in doing that. It has been outstanding. And uh, I guess that's going to do it for us this week. Shout out to all you amazing people who make it so much fun to come on here and talk about all things sports. Hope you guys enjoyed all the crazy content. I'm going to do my best to basically cover a lot of those things going forward as well. Like I said, we got some cool college stuff coming up uh, later this fall, probably kick off in about a month. And uh, beyond that, I'm Jeremy the Impact York. You can follow us on Twitter at Team Impact Media. We'll have all the show links at The Impact 99 on Twitter, Instagram, Triller, and TikTok. You can search for us on Facebook, Jeremy York, Impact Media. Board check, strong style, that sports show. But this has been that sports show. Have a good week, guys. We'll see you guys on the other side of it. Deuces, gooses. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.